0: Now, on to the show.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Walk with the Artist Forge. My name is Nicole York. I'm your host. And today we're talking about motivation. So, we put up a poll in the Facebook group. Ooh, I got to make people moderators. We put up a poll in the Facebook group just to see what are some of the topics of conversation that people want to be happening here. The artist forge, and if you have not, can you go not only vote on that but add your own suggestions? I know that everybody's got some topics, some things that they would love to talk about or hear spoken about just because we all struggle with stuff, but also there's so many interesting things out there we could be conversating about. So, if you want to head over to the Facebook group, maybe I can talk uh, Basam into putting the link up there. I'm wearing gloves. (laughs) and my fingers are working so well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but if you could go in and add a topic, go vote on what you'd like to you know, have us chat about in the mornings, that would be super helpful. But so far, it seems like the leader of the potential topic conversation is staying motivated. So I thought it would be a really good morning to chat about that, particularly as things are starting to get wonky for some of us. Again, there's shutdowns going on in Canada, lot of other places and it's just a really difficult time to try to make a living as an artist Um, but also I've you know so I was speaking to um, somebody yesterday and they were talking about the frustration of being capable enough in their art form that they were able to do a lot of things but not as capable as they wanted to be their musician not as capable as they wanted to be to be able to play the things that they wanted and so we had this conversation about the the struggle of maintaining that motivation as well particularly when they have a regular day job and they're only playing when they're off of work and so there's the motivation of well now i'm done with the regular stuff i want to work on my thing but i'm tired and i just i don't always feel like it and then when i play and I haven't been practicing, of course, the lack of practice shows up. And so there's the frustration in that, right? Um, And it can really easily make us not feel motivated to keep moving forward with our passions. So we absolutely have that difficulty staying motivated in the long term for the art that we love when it's not a job. And we can have those difficulties staying motivated in the art that we love when we're trying to make a living off of it. And of course, there's an entirely different set of uh, repercussions that are tied to that. So that is going to be today's conversation. How do we stay motivated? How do we keep up that forward momentum or even the drive to want to keep doing the thing? I've had a lot of photographer friends lately let me know that they just feel done. They can't summon up any passion or any motivation. They can't make themselves love what they're doing anymore. It has moved to the point where it really does feel like just a job that they're doing to put money on the table and not anything they care to be doing anymore. So it can be a really rough spot. And if we tackle that today, hopefully that'll help lots and lots of folks. So beginning with friends on the panel y'all how do we do this I know cat has been in business for 10 plus years I know all of us have been through multiple iterations maybe not of the business we have now but of what we've been doing and seen that you know be birthed in different ways and so in one way or another we've been doing this work for a long time how do we keep going especially when circumstances get so frustrating and can just demoralize you how do we keep how do we keep it up
2: it'll actually be 10 years in March I should throw a party
1: uh yeah you should
2: (laughs) um I know for me like I either completely and totally disconnect and turn everything off and say fuck off to the world uh, or if that's not an option, <laughs> um, the first place is literally just move my body. It can be go for a walk. It can be jump up and down. It can be, I don't know, kickboxing with my dogs in the living room. Um, <laughs> like, uh, but like that kinetic piece is, has been leveraged on more than one occasion to, uh, kind of get into flow to get shit done.
1: You know what, Kat? I think so many people would never even have thought to give that answer. Um, And I love that you did because we underestimate. I think we forget the fact that we live in bodies that were meant to be active because so much of our work can kind of be contained to a small area like our studio or our workstation or whatever it is that we're working in. Um, It seems like all of life is kind of tied up in that spot. And we forget that we do have bodies that were meant to move and that our literal mental health is tied to the ability to move our bodies. That's why when we start to lose that ability, a lot of cognitive decline happens, a lot of depression can happen. And of course, this doesn't mean that if we have limited motion, we're doomed to not be happy. But within the scope of what we're capable of, we really need to be promoting some kind of physical movement. And this is not for the purpose of like, getting a beach body, right? Like this is for the purpose of literally making your synapses fire and making connections happen and getting blood flowing and just allowing your body to be the moving machinery that it's supposed to be And its wild, how much it really does affect the motivation you have in all other parts of your life.
2: Oh, it definitely does. You know, uh, I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday and you know winter seasonal depression is a thing and you know when you have those longer winters like when i lived in boston you know i went i moved to boston from florida and so i went from eight months of summer to eight months of winter and after four years was like i literally cannot do this anymore because you are so limited in what you're able to do does that mean you can't like Do a beach body workout at home? Of course not. But like that ability to move about and transform and grow and do the things is much more limited when you're in a a tighter space. Uh, And it does affect your your mood and your mental stability Uh, and being able to actually get out in the world and do things. is a big deal. So when I left Boston, I was just like, fuck this, get me out of here. And I came to North Carolina and was like, oh, now I have four equal seasons. Huh. I can go do the things now.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how much it makes a difference. And I've, I've noticed something really similar. Um, living in Colorado and then in the Southwest, um, my ability to get out and do things at all times of the year I mean, it's cold right now, but as soon as the sun comes up, it can be in the teens. And as long as I have a jacket on, I'm cool. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. Um, So I'm not hampered by the weather and it really does make a difference in the stability of my mood. Even when other things are going wrong and I'm struggling, um, that ability to just to get outside and move, which is why this is the morning walk, right? Um, Sets my day off in the right way. And on the days when I don't walk, I really do feel the difference. And it's also interesting that you mentioned winter because I think this time of year, there really is something that happens internally to the human soul, which is why we tend to have things like Yule and Saturnalia and Christmas, and we make holidays and we sing sad songs. We we have all of these traditions across the world where it gets really cold and, and yuck in the wintertime to, try to deal with what happens to us internally during this time of year. It's kind of a, a dark night of the soul time of year. And I think there really can be incredible benefits to it. Um, Particularly if it, if we go into it the right way, but also it's a really difficult thing to manage and coming from the Pacific Northwest, you know, seasonal depression, it's sad, right? Seasonal affective disorder is a, is a real thing. And, uh, If we don't recognize that, and we don't take some of those steps, I mean, we don't even need to mention, even though I'm mentioning it, uh, how many studies have been done on the way that exercise affects your mood, your stress levels, all of the different things, your happiness, et cetera, et cetera, that uh, it's just a really fantastic reminder to have, I think, no matter where you're at. Uh, For sure. So what else, y'all? What are some other things we can do to keep us motivated when it feels like being happy, making art, or you know, moving forward in our chosen career field is is a slog and we don't feel happy?
0: You know, I'm going to get all hippie woo woo on this, right? So, for me, who I'm, and I've been going through this exact thing for probably the past month and a half or two months, and the way that I'm working through it as we speak is understanding what my original why was, why did I start doing this in the first place? What was the thing that captured my attention and my interest and my wonder and my curiosity? What was it that allowed me to have the passion for what I do in the first place and understanding that all of these passions and all of these interests change over time as we uplevel our skill or as our interests change or as life changes, whatever it might be. All of those things start to change over time and we lose focus on what it was originally that drew us to it. So for me, I have to understand, all right, well, what is my goal? Is my goal to just make money and go home? Is my goal to make art? Is my goal to make other people happy? What is it that, that I have as a goal and why do I feel I'm not reaching that? What are the changes that I need to make to get back to that point of curiosity and wonder and passion? And so part of it is looking at you know, what you're doing now and what are the outcomes that you're tying those actions to? What do you want those outcomes to look like? And what are the small steps that you need to take every single day to keep hitting that motivated point, right? Because we all know it's kind of this law of compound interest, The these small atomic habits, right, that you put in place wind up making big changes. So if you find yourself in this place of lacked motivation or lessened motivation, and you want to get back to that place of passion, what are those small steps that you have to take? It might be just something as easy as shutting your phone off and, you know, spending time being present, mindfulness, whatever it might be. But start asking yourselves the questions of, You know, what was I passionate about? What has happened between then and now, which has taken me off that path? And how can I start making small steps to get back there? Because if you do it in one big sweeping change, then you're less likely to succeed than if you build those habits on a strong foundation. So for me, going through this again to wrap up is just asking myself the questions of what is it that really brings me into photography And how can I keep tapping into that feeling of wonder and curiosity every single day?
1: I love that, Matt. And um, I'm really glad that you mentioned it. And I know we talked before several times in this room about finding our why and asking ourselves why we're doing this. Like, what is the deep heart motivation behind this thing? And I certainly have found myself in the same position where my why becomes my anchor in the storm, right? Like, things could be wrong or things could be hard and I look back at that and I remind myself, that's why, this is why I'm here, this is why I'm willing to climb this mountain or ride out this storm or whatever metaphor works for where you're at in your life right now. But being able to have that anchor hold me fast really makes a big difference because I think one of the things that we struggle with is the fact that we feel like we are supposed to be motivated all the time, right? Like we have this idea in our head that if we're not super excited and passionate about what we're doing every single day, that something must be wrong. And it could be. That's why we have to ask ourselves these questions. But I also think we need to normalize the fact that we're going to go through these seasons or phases within the thing that we're doing. We're going to have those seasons of amazing growth and excitement where everything's kicking and the engines are firing on all cylinders and we're just, just jazzed to be here. And then we're going to have those seasons where it's still pretty good. I mean, we're doing our thing, but it's not like mind blowing or anything. And then we're going to have those seasons where it's frustrating and we feel like we're clawing our way for every scrap that we get. And then we're going to have other times when we feel apathetic and recognizing that, I think, and taking some of the stigma out of that feeling and knowing that it's okay to be there, but we don't have to stay there forever, right? But then making sure that number one, we recognize that it's okay to be there. And then number two, we take those steps, like you said, we ask ourselves, okay, well, what was my why? Is it still worthwhile? And I know we've also talked about the fact that our our businesses are gonna grow and change, our whys are going to grow and change as we grow and change. And so being able to look at that, for some of us, we're gonna be able to say, okay, it's normal to not feel super excited about what I'm doing every single day, but is this hurting my life? Is this progressing in a way where I need to start looking into things? I connect to my why, and I realize that why doesn't fit my life anymore. It doesn't fit what I want to do. Um, things have changed. And maybe it is coming back to that that reason and changing it so that we can move forward that will matter. And maybe it's no, my why is still there. So I need to do the things that you mentioned. Start looking at my habits and my processes and see what I can change there that will actually give me that reinvigoration and energize me to do the thing. So I think there's so much important tied up in what you just said.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just important. You know, I'm a big introspection guy. We, we all know this. I think um, that's where I draw the motivation is kind of getting back to source, just getting back to the original questions and feeling those feelings again oh, God, I remember what it was like when I was at this place or I shot this picture or whatnot. And it gives you that feeling. And it's that feeling that can help you, at least it helps me, change my mindset immediately. So it's all about feelings and motivation for me.
1: Yep, I'm, I'm with you there. And then I noticed Erica has her hand up and I was trying to bring her up. I can't tell if that's an accident, Erica, if you've already been invited. Um, but I I tried also,
3: yeah, I can't bring her up.
1: Okay. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Something is wonky, but we do want to hear from you if you can share. Um, so what else y'all we've, we've kind of talked about the fact that just a simple everyday act of moving our bodies can be enough to get things fired up for us. Sometimes we need to reconnect with our why and ask ourselves, is this still valid? And if it is, what changes can I make? that will put me back into alignment with that why. We've also talked about the fact that we need to normalize that we're not always gonna be super excited and passionate. It's normal to go through these these different seasons in our careers or in our forward motion, and that's okay as well. And that we shouldn't necessarily feel like there's something wrong with us. If we're in one of those seasons, we just have to be present enough to recognize it and then ask ourselves those questions, right? Like sometimes, our our art career or our art passion is going to go through the winter and it's it's going to seem like it's dead and it's dying but when we come back in the spring we see this reinvigoration and big growth and change and i know that's been true for me but i do have to ask myself is this a normal part of a season for me or is something else going on and that's where reconnecting to your why and asking those questions i think becomes so so valuable so what else can we do to keep ourselves motivated or to get our motivation back. Hi, my name is
4: Becca and I'm an inspiration holic. And um that is not a sustainable way to run an art business at all. Um it's like this the superpower I have that's a double-edged sword at the same time. Um so what I end up doing cuz I definitely hit that roadblock um when working on a certain project at a time, um it's you know when you When you start on something and it's exciting and you're feeling that inspiration and it's invigorating and you're just all in. And then after, you know, a couple hours, a couple days, a couple weeks, it no longer feels like inspiration and it feels like work. And it feels like, you know, dragging your feet through the mud just to get something done. So I have to intentionally give myself breaks or other goals, like not look at whatever I'm working at and uh reinvigorate myself with something else um preferably something short that doesn't you know really cause any problems to the flow of my business but just giving myself something new to think about so i can get that inspired feeling back and then take that into whatever i'm not feeling motivated to do or even like starting something if there's like a new skill set or something that i'd much rather be doing than whatever it is that i have to be doing starting it getting that feeling kickstarted started and then giving myself a limit, saying, I can't continue this. I can't keep chasing whatever this little micro dream is until I finish what I need to be doing. And then suddenly there I am finishing it and moving on to the next exciting thing.
1: Becca, did you just tell us that we should have art fluffers?
4: Yes, I'm gonna go with yes. Oh, uh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. No, I mean, but it's such a good point though, really, because. You're absolutely right, and I think this is one of the good things about having multiple creative hobbies, at least in my case, is if I'm starting to feel worn out, I can move and I can go do another thing. I can create a headpiece, or I can sew a costume, or I can make a foam thing, or I can paint something, or I can do another thing that I love that keeps that creative juice and keeps me in that zone where my my brain is still functioning on a creative level. And then coming back to the other thing later definitely makes you feel like uh you're ready to get down to business. But I I mean I think you're absolutely right. And it's many of us have our have our one thing. We're a photographer and that's it. And then when that goes away all of a sudden we have no identity. And so even from that perspective it's so important to have many different ways to express yourself so that if something were to happen, um, if your gear were to get stolen or your business were to fail or whatever it is, whatever thing may pull you away from that thing that you love, we need to have those, those other things as well, not only to keep us motivated, but just to be able to maintain our identities. I mean, even
4: if it is just the one thing, like from the photographer perspective, I suppose, like i'm sure i'm not alone in this feeling like you you go to the shoot you're on set it's exciting you're so excited you get home you look at the pictures it's great you call them and then you get to your editing and you're like i don't want to do this i don't want to do this at all um and so like breaking that up like maybe you have another set that you need to edit or maybe you want to start brainstorming some other like personal shoot or your next project or whatever that might be just to again get those juices flowing it's the same art form but you're still kind of getting that next uh, that next hit, right? To get you back into the zone. So just giving yourself a break of some sort before coming back to what needs to get done.
1: Yes. 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 Okay. I love where this is going. What are some more things peeps, peeps, peeps? How do we keep ourselves motivated? What are other things we can do?
5: So I find for me personally, um, I definitely get those winter blues and I, I, I get very unmotivated and last year that actually caused me to find Sue because <laughs> I just needed something different. Um, I actually feel like an 11 year old boy who's got ADHD that can't focus, that can't think, um, that cannot just get the job done. And so for me to get motivated, uh, I need to find something that really that I really want to do that I really want to create. And I was noticing the other day, so I'm in Canada, so of course, and in Ontario. And of course we are now, Toronto's on lockdown. I'm outside of Toronto, which means that we're going to follow suit very soon, which means I'm stuck with my, you know, homeschooling and everything else. So I I can't even leave my house right now. So, um, but I'm finding this desire to create and to make something, which is something I actually didn't have last year when I was going through my, my blues before I found, um, Sue. So, uh, for me, I found, I actually found a piece of jewelry, um, that another artist had made, which is super, super cool. So, um, so I've, I've kind of been working the, and it's, it's not down on paper yet. Cause I just, I'm trying to work around everything else, all the chaos that is happening. Um, so this piece of jewelry, and I, I want to create this, this, whole fantasy thing which is not something that i do um i'm a portrait photographer that's what i do i shoot women family whatever um so to create something that is more fantasy and artistic because of this one piece i think is keeping me more motivated so so i would say finding that one thing um that is be is not what you normally do especially when you can't normally can't can't do it right so finding something that's outside of your wheelhouse and then turning it into art which in itself can become um, a a great challenge. And I like challenges personally. So I think that that would be my go-to.
1: Yeah, jump outside the box, right? I have found that works for me really well also, Trish. Just to even, um, I think I've mentioned this before, but when we get to a place of mastery and a skill, um, we can start to get kind of, lackadaisical because we know these things so well now that they are done almost by habit or rote and sometimes that in in itself can become unmotivating because that dopamine hit is gone right like that exciting the thing that was there before when we learned or when we did a new thing and it was like oh my god look what i've done all of a sudden that's gone so sometimes stepping outside of our box genre wise or media wise or you know art form wise or whatever can really really kick everything back into gear because you, you get that that rush again and man who knows you may have an entirely new thing or you may have new aspects of a thing you can take back to what you do so I love that idea
5: well I think for me too is that I, I honestly, I used to love editing. I used to love sitting there, creating, looking at all these, you know, how to, how to increase color and depth and, and everything else. And I, I love, and then I found that I was spending hours and hours editing. And to the point where now I just, I cringe um, at edit. I don't mind it. But I want to do one or two photos that I really, really like, and that's it. I don't want to edit. I want to find somebody else who can edit like me, and then do it. And then this way, I can stick to that creative thing. Um, because when you're when you're editing, and it's all very much the same, um, you know, there's the one or two photo that you photos that you get very excited about, and those are the ones that you really, really want to. like put your time into and then there's the rest of the photos (laughs) which i don't know if that sounds funny or maybe i'm just bored of it i don't know um but for me that's kind of where that goes so finding that artistic i guess outlet for me makes things more interesting so when i do go in and have to edit um you know a session i'm not editing the same portrait the same way the same style um, and that was the one thing that I found with my business is that I would go and I would edit and I'd be all creative and really excited and really like, wow, this is fabulous. And then the client would say, yeah, but I just want it in color. And I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> like I spent all this time making these so incredibly beautiful to me, but, uh, you know, but then you've got to look at the client's perspective as well. And they're like, no, I just want the color. Like, wow. So it, it it's, it's. I think by getting out of that wheelhouse or going into a different part of your brain and creating, you create for your, you create for your clients what they need, but then you create for you for what your soul needs. If that makes any sense. Yes.
1: I connect to that so deeply. I am absolutely a hero shot person. I have no interest in editing anything beyond the stuff that excites me, which is why I stopped taking traditional clients um, because I, I'm not, I I cannot do enough to make myself profitable by selling bulk images. It just, it makes me want to bang my head against the wall and I could always outsource things, but I just don't even care to do that. So we either do it my way or no way.
5: <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one who like cannot stand doing basic edits and clean edits and stuff. <laughs> is, it, I, is there something wrong with me? Like, that's what I wonder. Is there something wrong with me that I just can't edit a photo like, here it is. It's almost like, hey, let me just do a point and shoot and make it basic and plain, as if you know I have no skill whatsoever. I'm just going to shoot it, and what you get is what you get. Um, you know, I think when we get to a certain level, um, like Kat, I've been doing this for like 10 years now, um, and you know, I, I it it takes a lot to be motivated and excited when you're doing the same mundane thing. Like if I wanted to do that, I would just go work in an office doing the same thing every day for 40 hours a week, right?
1: Yep, I feel you. That's why I have the business models that I have. I apparently can never be satisfied. (laughs) But I, I definitely, I mean, I'm with you there. So, so far, if you're just joining us today, we've been talking about how we stay motivated and we've got some really amazing suggestions from the artists on the panel today. Everything from making sure we're moving our bodies, reconnecting to our why, looking at our habits, and seeing how those are playing into the way we feel. Making sure that we're normalizing the fact that sometimes we're just not gonna be that motivated and there's nothing wrong with us. It's just the season we're in. But making sure that we look at that as the barometer. And we consider the fact that maybe something really does need to change. Giving ourselves breaks, just breaking up the process a little bit and doing something else for a while so we can get some of that motivation and that energy back and also trying something that is outside of our normal sphere, maybe a new genre or a new medium or something that we can learn a little bit and get excited about. So, so far, we've got some fantastic suggestions. What else can we do, y'all? Folks on the panel, we haven't heard from or Dustin yet. So what do we do, guys? How do we stay motivated?
6: Uh, yeah I, I'm here I've actually unmuted a couple times and I'm glad that I uh, I'm glad that I remuted uh, because I, I feel like we, we have a lot of the, the the same stuff kind of resonating through uh, quite a few of us which is which is awesome um, what there, there's a couple things that I do um, for those of you know who don't know me I am a cosplay uh, slash composite photographer and CGI artist um, and it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I got into CGI uh, initially as kind of an outlet uh, from <laughs> from graphic design and and designing album covers, kind of what, what I would have considered at the time sort of basic retouching. Um, and, you know, it, it worked. It carried me a long way. You know, it's kind of like expanding that genre. Matt talked about, you know, kind of rediscovering your why. And one of the things that I realized that I don't do enough Uh, And and it may be partially from my military background. I'm usually just a go hard at it, get it done, regardless of sacrifice and push forward. Um, And I've found here in in recent years, like, that's just that that's not right. (laughs) It's not enough. You know, Like my mental health needs help as well. And so what what I've been doing uh, is, you know, whether it's the middle of the night, um, you know, and sometimes first thing in the morning, maybe the, the last thing, you know, in the day is I literally pull our piano bench out, I sit on our piano bench, I throw my airpods in and completely silence the world and I just listen to like you know whatever type of music I'm feeling uh, at the time. And I, I spend more time in, in my my own head. <laughs> so part of that's rediscovering my why and uh, the other part of that is just allowing myself to sit in silence from the rest of the world, you know, whether it's my children, my wife, my, You know, my work, I sure as heck get away from my computer, Um, you know, and and, and starting to work out again. You know, like already been said, it's a huge thing to to get up and move. Um, You know, so spending time kind of one-on-one time with me, uh, I I find to be really important. Um, Sometimes that's just like sitting there and looking at myself in the mirror um, and kind of figuring, you know, it's like mentally figuring yourself out. Uh, But one of the other things that I've been doing a lot lately is starting to, uh, you know, like build uh, with my hands. So I've got a little workshop in the garage. It's quite cold here in Michigan at the moment. Um, But I've got a little workshop in the garage and I just start building random things. If that's, uh, you know, taking apart Nerf guns and putting them back together, kind of gluing and screwing different pieces onto it and, and painting it up kind of like, you know, figuring maybe photo props or something um, like definitely doing stuff. That's getting me out of my, you know, immediate element and the element that I'm in quite often. Um, and I, I find that that helps a lot, you know, it's very much of, you know, kind of finding a new hobby, something else to do. Um, when I do have to sit at my computer, like I am now, uh, I find places like this, <laughs> the artist forge, right? You, you, you find places that uh, kind of support you as an artist, you as a professional. Um, Having a community and a a really good support system, I feel is key for anybody that's in business, uh, really anybody in life in general. Uh, And it's something that I feel like a lot of people take for granted. And I, I myself was one of them for many years. And I'm finding that you know, it's, it's a good thing to do. So finding places like this that you can hang out and talk. I've got a, an awesome uh, group of artists on Discord that, you know, we pop into into group calls and chats quite often and, you know, just talk. Just <laughs> kind of, you know, let our emotions out. We vent a little bit, kind of keep on track. And before you know it, some of the work that I didn't want to do is already being done. And I was able to sort of focus the brain and let my muscle memory take over um, while I'm doing it. So that's my piece.
1: (laughs) I love it. There's a lot of good stuff in there, man. And um, I can connect with almost everything that you said. I think at this point, it's probably clear (laughs) that I've tried everything that exists. (laughs) Um, but I I think so many artists have to be able to connect to so much of what has been said so far, because this is a a rough road. (laughs) And especially when you're doing a career that revolves around self-expression, knowing yourself and being introspective and being able to ask yourself those questions, be alone with yourself, these are a pretty big deal. Have you found that you've come to any big realizations that way?
6: Can you guys still hear me? I feel like I just completely... Oh, there we go. I feel gotcha. like I just completely dropped out for like, I heard the beginning of what you were saying and then you cut out.
1: Oh, okay. No, I was just, uh, so have, have, when those times when you've taken time for, you know, being alone with yourself and introspection and things like that, have you come to any realizations during those times or does it just help you feel more centered so that you have the kind of mental energy to put to other
6: places? Uh, yeah, so it, it's it's pretty much, uh, you know, helps with, with feeling centered. Um, you know, I I talk quite often to, to my artist kind of crew about about energy, you know, and how we wake up with certain levels of our battery full every day. Um, and I, I find that, you know, as an empath, <laughs> I spend so much time, uh, you know, Feeling what others feel, or helping others, you know, in, in their their walks and their journeys, you know, as a, as an instructor, a mentor, it's it's very easy uh, for me to get caught up in what's going on and everything in the world around me, uh, and not focusing on on the time that you know that I need to spend with myself to recharge the batteries, um, you know, and and for me, it's quite often very much. Um, I I don't know if it's really a a time that I I have like any great aha moments. Uh, (laughs) I try to keep away from that and not not particularly think or try to focus on letting these things happen. It just, it really just kind of refuels and then I can get back to what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I know for me, meditation is definitely the same thing. And it kind of sounds like what you're doing is almost an active meditation in that way. Sure. Um. Yeah. And so um, go Google that, folks, like look up studies on meditation, you're gonna find so much good information and so many reasons why it's worth giving it a try. Um, and, and there doesn't have to be anything necessarily spiritually involved in that. Um, just even the practice of being present and listening and feeling your breath and your body there's a lot of really great things that can come out of that so definitely highly suggested and now i have to poke Basam because you haven't said anything yet so i'm dying to hear if you have anything that you do to keep yourself motivated Bassam.
3: uh yes <clears throat> well i haven't i haven't talked because uh uh, you know, I don't have much to add about what I do on a daily basis when I feel not not motivated. One, you know, there's one basic thing that I always that always ends up getting me out of lack of motivation, and that is just doing something and completing it. Okay, and that's already been been said. I think Becca mentioned it. I I, I it works all the time. I have a whole bunch of things that I'm I'm working on at all times. Uh, they're never complete. They're always ongoing. And what I find is just pick one of them, get going. And that and, and that works all the time. One thing I do want to talk about, though, is, is uh, <clears throat> lack of motivation, not necessarily on a daily basis or in a phase or in a, in a, in a cyclical way or in a seasonal way, because I don't find I suffer from seasonal lack of motivation. I don't get affected by weather and winter and summer. At least I don't perceive that I do. Maybe I do. But I don't, it's not even on my radar sc- screen. So I never think of seasons and months and periods and holidays and all that. They don't really come into play from a motivation perspective. My my issue is more motivation overall, right? And, and all these great ideas and all the things that I want to do and all the right things that I preach and I talk about. And I actually apply. It's not that I'm not applying, but... I have so much more to do, and I'd like to do, and yet my motivation level uh, is at a point where I never get there. That's how I feel. And I wonder if it's about being totally satisfied with the status quo. And I wonder if it's about, you know, good enough is good enough at this stage, and uh, that's my blockage, and I'm not getting out of that comfort zone, because I actually like it. And I wonder if anybody can, I mean, is there a link there? Is that, is that motivation? Is it linked to procrastinating that we've talked about? You know, do we procrastinate because we are happy with the status quo? Uh, so I don't know. It's a different subject than, you know, day-to-day, what do you do to motivate yourself versus overall, are you made it motivated to do all the great things you have in your mind? So I don't know how anybody feels about that.
1: I absolutely want to tackle that, Bassam, but I want to give Robert a chance to speak. I'd kind of like to end on your question because I have a a few things I really would love to cover there um, and make sure that we actually have that discussion. But I would love to hear what Robert has to say um, before we get into that. Hi, Robert. Oh, maybe something happened and he had to mute for a second. So hopefully he'll come back to us.
3: Oh, there we
1: go. Are you there? I am here. Ah, hello.
3: We miss you, man. Where you been?
1: Robert! Oh, I've been
7: listening. It's time for the old man to rant a few minutes. I started this 30 years ago. We shot film. If you didn't shoot a medium format camera, you were trash. And then the digital world came in. And then, and then we had to learn how to do our own retouching because The labs fired all the retouchers and hired digital technicians to do retouching and they had no idea of what art should look like or even a quality portrait. I love doing my retouching. I love doing everything. We went through a a very bad time when 35 millimeters started doing autofocus. Everybody got a camera and then they go, oh God, this is too hard to quit. And then digital came in, and then everybody was like jumped on the bandwagon and bought any little camera they could to do photography. And then it was okay. And now I've been struggling for the last twenty years, even though I went probably went digital long before I should have to keep up and stay ahead of the game. But then it's just now, and it's like now it's really hard because now we have to do all this internet stuff to just try to stay afloat when everybody's brother got a camera. So it's, it's harder for, I don't know, for me, maybe maybe my friend, Win, can step in and make me feel better, but talk to you later. Thanks for listening.
1: You know, Robert, I think a lot of us really can identify with you, even those of us who, who didn't start in film um, back in the day and i think it's one of those common things that we feel as photographers we're like god the market is so saturated and how do i keep up and now i have to do instagram and pinterest and tiktok and facebook and all these things and it's like the pressure and the different hats we have to wear all of a sudden we have to not just take photos and be editors but we have to be marketers and bookkeepers and you know pr people and videographers and all of this stuff and it just it's so much to handle i mean it it really can be overwhelming so um i i certainly i certainly know how you feel in that regard and it can be really hard to keep up especially when you have younger people come in and they seem to have all of the energy for everything and they understand how to use the platforms and i'm looking at all of these things going how do i post a video it can get really frustrating and overwhelming and lead to um, some of that lack of motivation that we talked about before, because it seems in some ways it's like, well, how do I even compete at this point? It makes you wonder if it's worth the struggle.
7: Well, part of it is also I don't like the new stuff. I don't like shooting into the sun. You know, I'm a classic portraitist and and it's so hard to compete with everybody. And then they have you know all these little quick sessions where they just hand out the images. And it's like, I like doing my retouching. And I like it my way because it's it's about what I do. you know. I, I don't do fantasy stuff. I, I have done some steampunk work, but my idea is just, I don't know. And I'm pretty computer literate and that kind of stuff but i just hate dealing with all this facebook and and as you can see i'm not very um friendly sometimes i get a little boisterous and i'm kind of set my own way so really really tough but yes
1: yeah and you know i think that i think that that can tie really well into the question that basam asked um about this kind of level of overall motivation because that comes from not just us right but everything is an environment so the circumstances we find ourselves in and all of the things that are together and just to reiterate with some i'm going to have you kind of ask that question one more time and then we'll see if we can address that because i think there's some really important questions in there
3: well the the question is is how do you deal with uh... What I perceive as lack of motivation, overall in what you're trying to do, not not in a seasonal or daily or or, you know phased way, Uh, you know, is it you know could it be related to just you're happy with the status quo? Quote status quo. Sorry, or are you or are are there blockages that you're not aware of that are holding you back? So how do you deal with that? Has anybody does anybody experience that? Does anybody have clarity? Whether it is, yeah, it's absolutely. You're happy with the status quo. It's good enough. Why do something different? It's that whole. I mean, there's many questions there, but I hope it it you know it it gives you a direction of where the, where those questions are going.
0: You know, Basam, I think it's it's really important because it does bring up so many questions. Basically, you're asking, you know, is it okay to be content with the way life is? <laughs> And, you know, instead of questioning, like, oh, my God, I'm content. There must be something wrong. I have to have more. I have to do more. I think, you know, that can be toxic in and of itself. So if you ask yourself the question, am I just content? Am I happy? Am I grateful for where I am? Awesome. Maybe nothing needs to change. But if you're holding yourself to a standard that's somebody else's standard or you're trying to reach a goal because you feel like you should um, or if you're really just not content with where you are and you're struggling to find that motivation, I think it all starts with asking those questions is what is it that I want? What am I doing out of this? Right. I know for me, there's this general lack of energy, this lack of motivation overall, but I'm working through the question of, am I just okay with where I am in life right now? And my whole life up to this point has been on red line because I'm trying to be a perfectionist and I'm trying to do so much. And my idea of success is this, or is it okay to just sit back for a second and be grateful and be content? And I struggle with it. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at, but that's the question that I'm asking myself right now. And I think it really ties into, you know, our, our perception of we need to be at this level in order to be happy and that's a you know a dangerous path for a lot of people. So
1: the question, oh
0: sorry about
4: that. Just a question. where I mean what what's the difference here then between content and motivated? I mean, do we actually need to be motivated at all times?
0: That's exactly what I was getting at. Rebecca uh, Becca
3: I keep calling you Rebecca. Uh, that's what oh, I keep. You, yeah. But the disconnect is the fact that, that I have, or we have all these aspirations and plans and, 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 and things in our head. I mean, I'm sure everybody does. They don't go away. And, and as long as they're there, there's a, there's a counterbalance or non or, or lack of balance, which I'm calling motivation today. Maybe it's something else. Right. So, is there a way to? I mean, if you get rid of those, or if you if you if you reduce, or, or at least be more content with less in terms of where I want to be and what I want to do and all these ideas you have. If you eliminate all those, does that solve the problem? Right. The problem is I can't eliminate all those. They're, they're there, right. And I feed them every day, and I and I and I'm I'm hungry for information, and I get information, and it adds to that stuff that I want to do, and it in a way it motivates me. That's it. In a way it, it motivates me That's yeah, it is doable and I should do that. And I want to do it. And so it, it's like a non ending spiral of, I would call it sometimes positive spiral. It's not a negative spiral, but, but
1: it, it doesn't resolve itself, right?
3: It doesn't resolve itself. It's never ending. And maybe that's life. I, I don't know. I, maybe it'll just keep going and it's all good.
1: Ooh, I'm, so first, I have to say I'm so glad you asked this question, Basam, because I feel it so much. I noticed that Erica came up and she had her hand up earlier, and we couldn't hear from her. So I want to make sure I hear from you. But I, I really have some deep thoughts on this one, so I'm going to share those in a bit. Erica, what are your thoughts?
2: Sorry about earlier. Classic case of um, not closing my phone and hitting the button. So anyway, just on the last thing that Basam was saying, um, I think that's why it is so important that you fall in love with the process um because then you know that upward spiral is always inspiring and you're enjoying yourself rather than you know feeling like you're not achieving or you're not getting to where you're going you're enjoying where you are at the same time as moving upward
3: yeah, I think that is that is key. And maybe I am enjoying the process. And that's what I mean by it's good enough. Because as I go through it, I'm I'm content and I'm motivated when I am doing it and I and I get pleasure out of of what I'm you know, I get pleasure from accomplishing my why, which I do. I mean, whenever I do a photo shoot, whenever I do a client, I mean I, I do. So maybe I am enjoying the process. And it's just that disconnect that I'm talking about, that that gap. Um, and I'm trying to say, is that related to lack of motivation or is it something else?
1: Okay, so I'm going to tackle this one now because I'm excited. <laughs> All right, so I think there are actually quite a few things going on in here. Um, one of them is, of course, the social and societal expectations that we have um, or that are that are kind of inherently f- thrust upon us for what success is and what we should want and the goals that we should have and where we should want to go. And if you're not that hard charger, if you are a person who literally is like, I'm just good where I'm at right now, when you weigh that against what everybody's expectations are and everyone thinks you should always be pushing and moving and growing and um, you know, all of a sudden then, your happiness next to this weight of expectation makes you question, well, is this wrong then? Like, what should I, should I want these other things? Or if I don't, there must be something wrong with me because literally everybody makes it sound like that's where we should be headed. And if I don't want to head there, or if I'm cool where I'm at, then maybe I've got something wrong inside me. So that certainly, I think can be a part of that question. The other part of it is making sure, like Matt said earlier, understanding what do we actually want? So being able to separate our personal goals and our personal aspirations from the expectations of society. Do I actually want to be a famous photographer? What would that look like, right? Um, do, does that the actual life I want to live? Do I want to not be able to show up to conventions because I get glommed by people who want things from me? um is is that the life i want to live um so being able to really separate out our why and our desires from the societal expectations or the group expectations of what success looks like or what we should want and then also if it is if if we recognize that we cannot get rid of this innate desire for more i think there are a couple things there one I believe you're right in the fact that there is a desire for life to grow that's just a kind of evolutionary thing we want more we want bigger we want growth we want babies we want resources we can't not want those things because that's the way that humanity expands itself so part of it is that the other part of it is maybe it really is something that you want for real and you've been able to clarify that with yourself Then you have to recognize the fact that I know we've talked about this with atomic habits um, and comfort zones is that you're never going to rise to the level of your goals. You're going to fall back to the level of your systems or your training. Our training conditions us to be comfortable in our comfort zone because that's where we're safe. And our brains want us to be there because that's where we're safe. And safety and continuing to live is one of the most important functions that our brain provides for us. And once we start to do things that break, those habits and break those boundaries there's a lot of discomfort involved in that which is why it's so hard for us to build new habits it takes real effort to build new habits and get them to stick because that means we have to completely break all of the normal standards of our day all of our expectations we have to change everything and push into these new areas and we have to do them often enough and regularly so that they actually stick and become the new normal. And that is not easy to do, which is why people seek out trainers and mentors and coaches and people who can hold them accountable. Because for most of us, we will only make those changes when some outside force acts upon us. We won't make them out of our own volition because the urge to stay safe, to stay safe and comfortable is greater than the urge to push forward when it comes to the action, right? We still have that desire because that's an innate humanity. but getting to act upon that actually requires some kind of force which is why we've talked about the fact that inertia is the biggest thing we have to overcome when it comes to moving forward we have to have some type of motive force that pushes us into those things so i recognize that i just said a whole lot of stuff that we could probably turn into several conversations all on their own but the important thing to recognize there is that it is multifaceted question. The answer is yes, (laughs) Um, depending on what your answer to those internal questions are. And if you can get to the heart of those things and it becomes, yeah, I really do want these things. I just don't have the motivation to do them. My life is comfortable enough that there's no force acting on me that would motivate me to take the steps that I need to take. That's when we start having to seek out things that will help us break that comfort zone, whether that is a person that comes in or a change of circumstances or whatever, because habits are important for us. Remember that our brain is the most calorie hungry part of our body. It burns most of the calories that we use in a day. And so it wants to protect itself And so it will build habits and it will build comfort zones in order to, you know, limit the amount of calories it's spending in a day. So we have calories to do our other normal functions. If it can turn something into a habit or a comfort zone, it will because we're alive and we're still functioning. So make this a habit. Once it becomes a habit, we don't think about it anymore. And we we recreate that habit without consciously trying to do it which is why they're so powerful. So there's a whole lot involved in that question Basam and I realize I just threw a crap ton of information out there but it's I think it's a complex answer and and I mean the answer is yes. I hope that makes sense.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. It, it is. It is complex and I you know I know I don't know if if it opens up a whole bunch of this you know topics we can talk about and some of them we've probably covered in the past. Um But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it it does make a lot of sense. And I I don't know what else to say. It's just, I don't know. I'd like to hear from others.
1: Yeah, let's go, folks. Do you have any thoughts? I know we're at the end of our hour, but we've got time for a couple more thoughts, if you have them. We don't got them. That's fair, too. well this is certainly um a conversation that we we can you know keep on the burner and continue to explore because i do think that it's really interesting and i'm sorry if i uh if i just threw out so much that it was (laughs) overwhelming or brain breaking but there's just there's so many interesting potential conversations there and so many areas that we can explore when it comes to the way that we function and these um these kind of Uh, built-in or internalized systems that happen uh, and we feel maybe like we should be out of them but why do we feel that way and then exploring those and how it's related to our personal psychology versus our collective psychology and it's just a really interesting question but on our conversation today it's time to start kind of pulling everything to a close as we recognize the fact that Staying motivated as an artist, as a business person and our growth as an artist and our growth as a business can be a really difficult prospect. And I think the first step is for us to be okay with the fact that we're not always going to be supremely motivated or passionate. Sometimes we are going to go through seasons where we're just not super excited to do our job or we're not super excited to do the next study that it's going to take so that we can start drawing eyeballs or hands or whatever it is. It's not always going to be fun. It's not always going to feel motivating. It's not always going to feel passionate impassioned. And that's okay. We need to normalize the fact that those seasons are going to happen to us and we don't need to feel bad or wrong if we're in one of those places. But recognizing that a season is a season, which means it shouldn't last forever. And if it starts extending and if it's making us unhappy and if it is causing us problems, then we need to make sure that we look within ourselves, we take that time for introspection, we ask ourselves those questions. Are we still connected to our why, our deep goal for doing this thing? Is it still bringing us joy? And is that still our goal? And if it is, do we need to change something about our approach, about our daily habits, about our systems that will help us recenter and refocus on that thing? We need to make sure that we're moving our bodies. We need to get out and walk or jump around or climb or walk our dogs or, you know, go to the gym or do jujitsu or whatever it is that can get our body moving. That is really incredibly important for our motivation. We also want to take time for ourselves to do that self-care, to have time for introspection and quiet time. We want to make sure that we have other passions as well. That we sometimes experiment outside of our comfort zone whether that's genre or artistic medium we want to make sure that we break things up sometimes that we give ourselves a break between one task and the next so that we have a chance to finish something else and reset and re-motivate ourselves um and and having systems as erica mentioned having things to do that we love every single day that we build our systems in such a way that we love the life that we're living. And sometimes just that on its own will carry us through those phases where we feel less motivation and we can still see that growth and that forward momentum. So a lot of fantastic things that we can do to keep ourselves motivated when we start flagging and when we start feeling like it's just, maybe it's not worth it to keep going at this. Which also lends to the question, how do you know when it's time to stop? How do you know when it's time to quit or time to change or try something new? And I think we'll talk about that tomorrow because I know many of us have seen our our careers morph and change and merge into something new and sometimes stop entirely and move in a new direction. And that can be a really difficult thing to stomach, but that is a legitimate question we have to ask ourselves when we come up against this lack of motivation particularly if it becomes long term but there are so many things we can do if you are doing these things and they work for you share that in the facebook group if you have something else that you'd like to share that really helps you stay motivated or gets you out of a rut when you find you're in one would love to have you share that in the facebook group as well also remember there is a live poll in the facebook group about potential topics of conversation go and add yours to the list and vote on the ones you want to hear. That'll help out a lot and make sure that we're covering the topics that you care about. Big thanks to everybody who came and hung out with us today, who came up on the panel and shared your thoughts and your insights and your inspiration. So much appreciate having you up here. And hopefully everybody will join us tomorrow morning, bright and early at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time for the next morning walk with the Artist Forge. And in the meantime, go make something amazing.
0: We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at The Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make
6: something incredible.